Ladies and gentlemen, it's clear everybody's kind of in the right space. So please welcome up a man who's been doing enormous things in this industry. He's probably one of the biggest comedians in the country today. Uh, though you can't tell it from this fucking room. Ladies and gentlemen, the incredible Eugene Causa. Thank you. Thank you. This Good. Okay. Welcome, Eugene. This is amazing. More comfortable than I thought it would be. No, no. I, I'm, I'm very glad that you're here. I really, I really am. We need, we need, like, Simi's not going to sell the downloads, if you know what I mean. Like, I, I like, I, like, I love Simi. Like, I love him like a brother. But, <laughs> but he's got, like, eight downloads on his podcast across all episodes. He tries. <laughs> and, uh, he like tries. I'm, yeah, I'm glad that you're here. Put it this way. Thank like, you. Cause the, the other thing is, I'm glad you're here because no one in the industry ever sees you. You don't do, like, you don't hang out in the clubs. You don't do a lot of gigs. You live in, what, Pretoria by yourself. Like, why? Why? Why don't I go to Yeah, why, why, do you, why do you hang out by yourself? Is that like a... I'm not, I'm not, I don't think I'm ever by myself by myself because no one is ever by themselves. Okay, all right. Yes. So sometimes you have porn with you. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm with a lot of people. Yeah. So, um, but I mean, in terms of the industry, you're very much a loner. You do your own thing. You put on your own shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do your own shit. Like, I've, you I've, don't... I've never bought into the, into the industry pyramid scheme. And I think that's my problem. Um, I think, I think every, everyone can do what they like. If they feel like doing it together, they can do it together. But I feel like some things are best done alone. That's why Elton John left a group. <laughs> Elton... Did you know that Elton John was in a group? Was Elton John in a group? No, I you didn't, didn't know, that. know that. You didn't know that, you see? No, I didn't know mm. that. Also, I just made it up. But... <laughs> He's alone and successful, so I, he I left was, someone behind. <laughs> I was thinking to myself, Eugene knows a lot about Elton John. Like, <laughs> there's a weird person for Eugene to like, know. I, I always think all things that are done in pairs always fuck up. Like when you're eating sushi by yourself, you're perfectly fine. Until you involve someone else who wants to show off their chopstick skills. Now the salmon is swimming in the fucking thing. Now you're like, I can't enjoy it anymore. But you are fine by yourself. Like I think... I think during World War I, when there was like the fighter pilots were flying those shitty planes by themselves, they were doing well until like in the future when the cockpit had two fucking pilots, then people got murdered a lot. <laughs> so when people do things together, That's... shit gets fucked up. But, but friends Back to night. my point about porn. Okay. Alone. Can I, be, can I be honest with you, Eugene? Alone, alone porn is nice. But it's much better if you're watching someone through a window. <laughs> of an ice cream van. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but now, so you live, you live like outside in what I imagine to be some sort of castle, like on top of a hill, right? Like I imagine you live in a castle on a hill by it's yourself. A, it's, a, it's a little decent place. Yeah, yeah. And then... And then <laughs> You get on Twitter and you write open letters to the comedy industry yeah. telling them like what you... And that's, that's been provocative. I promise you. Comedians talk about yeah. your open letters because you, you say shit like actors doing comedy always a fuck up. 
guys yeah. with guitars. That's not real comedy. Like, yeah. do you do you like believe that, or are you just trying to piss people off? Like, is that? I think it's um, it's almost like um, it's almost like when think about this way when Hitler wrote Mein Kampf, <laughs> he wrote his thoughts. When other people were exposed to them after he was an asshole to the whole entire community and the world, then people could go back and dissect what he wrote when he was sitting in a small room in somewhere in fucking Austria. Okay. So it's easy for people when they're sitting in a little ivory tower or in the little corner of safety to criticize something, but to actually say something about it and do something about it is very difficult. So when we see like now in the world with popularism politics. We see it in France. We see it in Italy. It happened in Italy with fascism. It happens everywhere. It's, hap- it's been happening throughout history. That's how Trump became president. That's how now Godin is going to become our president. Because we, be- we, be- we believe in what he is saying. And whistleblowing has always been a thing that's frowned upon because someone wishes they did it first. So, so are, you, wait, just, are you saying the comedy industry is like Nazis? And you are like Absolutely. whistleblowing against the Nazis. Absolutely. More like, okay. similar to the Nazis, we steal shit as well. Like, did you know that the handbags that the Nazis wore were made by uh, Hugo Louis Vuitton? And the suits were made by uh, Hugo Boss? Yeah, yeah. And actually, the styling of the army, of the, of the SS suits was actually done first by Mussolini. So that's the things that we don't know because we are borrowers. Before something becomes popular, you have to piece and make a quilt to kind of make the story that people are going to believe. And as comedians, we're storytellers. We make up things. So we exaggerate every point, even if it's the truth. So when I wrote the comedy open letter, I found it weird that even a small thing like saying it's unfeasible to do a one-man show because this is how much it costs to book a theater. This is how much tickets cost. If you're buying them at this rate, that's what you're going to make. And then people go, oh, because that's all they have to think about in their lives. So now when you've gone and simplified it, now you've just fucked up the world. Is right. that, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, but I mean, are you, why were you telling people this? Why were you, were you telling them I to enlighten them or telling no, them no, to I piss them off? I, first of all, I don't think, I'm, I'm wondering why they even follow me in the first place. Okay. But <laughs> I, was telling, I was telling my 135,000 followers. <laughs> so, I, so, I, so I don't know about the 100. And 34,490. I don't know about the other 10. I don't know why they were even listening. But no one could object to it because it's the truth. It's, it's how we don't want to confront the truth about what our industry is. And I could speak from a point of knowing because I am in the industry. I have worked in the industry. Yes. I have recorded seven or eight one-man shows that I haven't released yet. So I know what I'm talking about. So if someone was thinking of going down the same path, they would benefit from it, but if someone else does not think it's for them, it was just mine Kampf, eh? <laughs> Okay, all right, fine. I, I see that. But don't you think you're... <laughs> the way you said it, you were but like... No, I, I want to know, know names here. I want to know names Where here. Where do we sign up? <laughs> I, I, I'm, you see, I'm more interested in... I don't want generalizations and, and philosophy. I want, <laughs> I, want, I want names. I want names. I want... I want you to put together your list of, of Jews and Romans and Gypsies. <laughs> I, want, I want to know what actors doing comedy pissed you off so much that you needed to tweet about like actors doing comedy. Who's no, no, the no. guy? Who's no, the guy? No, there's no one particular person. And I wrote 32 or 33 points. There's no one particular person. It was just merely my observations from the okay. outside. So I was saying that if an actor all of a sudden decides to do comedy, it usually does not work. 
That's what I was saying. That's my experience. But if someone has a more informed opinion of an actor that did comedy and was successful, you're more than welcome, but I won't be listening. Okay. This is the difference, because I was just saying it, because it's from where I was sitting and what I know. So I don't know a lot of things, but what I little that I know is the fact that that there doesn't work. Yeah, okay, good. So what does work? Being funny. Okay. I mean, I, yeah, look, that sounds really, really It sounds simple. very simple, yeah. but it's actually not. It's um, what I feel like as comics, we haven't invested back into our audiences the way they invest in us. I always say that comedy is like a pyramid scheme. So you dream up the scheme to take people's money. So if, but first, you have to set up everything so that they come. So you have to create a poster. You have to write a bio. You have to get interviews. Then you book the place. Then you dream up a price of what you want your tickets to be. And then you dream up a name of a show. Then your audiences buy. They drive to the show. They sit down. And then they just let you do what you do. And that's where we get it wrong. Is after the audiences have invested so much into us, we let them sit there and become disappointed. So that's what I feel like comedians get wrong. And I'm not saying everybody does. And I'm not saying any one person in particular. So what I decided to do was... I'll only do comedy when I feel like I've got something to say. So that's why I don't do comedy every two days. So I'll do it whenever I feel like I've got something to say. If I feel like I've got something to say for an hour, I'll book a theater, I'll set a price, I'll give it a name, and I'll say, come watch my one-man show. Cool. Why doesn't the earth fall down? <laughs> what is it on top of? <laughs> do, do chickens exist? In like my other, stomach. <laughs> no, but other, like, here's the thing, right? Because we see chicken, like, uh, we see a lot yeah. of, we see, like, a lot of, a lot of chicken, right? Yeah. Like we eat a lot of chicken. We yeah. see packages of chicken yeah. in, the, in the mall. We see it frozen. We hear arguments about it coming from America. Yeah. We, we see, I don't know, feathers in the back of a cage. Yeah. But is there, like, is there a chicken? The, like, is there I, an actual, I, what I, the fuck is a chicken? I had chicken once. Okay. I started with two Chinese fluffies, bought them. What I didn't know is they were black on the inside. Did you know that Chinese fluffy chickens were actually black no. on the inside? They have black skin. But they're nice and poofy and fun. And the most, they're, the most, they're the most trusting of all poultry. So you can... Because <laughs> you can fuck them and they'll come back for more. Like and, 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 and that's what I bought them. That, that's why I Because I, I could have bought a Rhode Island red rooster, which is full of shit. Basically, the one rule to a road island road roost, red rooster is you know it's white because it doesn't like being in a cage. <laughs> <laughs> but the Chinese fluffy, very trusting. Very trusting. So the guy at the, at, the, at, the, at the petting zoo said, he said, look, if you want a chicken that uh, can trust you and then just can just eat from your hand, you need these ones, yeah? And I said, I want that cocky one because red rooster. Yeah. It's a cock. Yes, yes, I understood the joke. Because sometimes you never know. It was very amusing, yeah. No, it's very amusing. <laughs> then I said, I want that one. And he said, but that one you can't control. I was like, I will try. So do you still have these two chickens or did you betray their trust and eat them? No, I got them taken out systematically by other white pets, okay. which were two Labradors that I had. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they were fine to trust you, just not the Labradors. That's good. Okay. Um, there, there is a big story. There's a big story in comedy. Yeah. Uh, about a gig that you did in Polokwane once where you went <laughs> with some other guys 
Yeah. And you went there and then halfway through the show, you canceled the whole show. People yeah. were out there, they were in the, in the auditorium. Yeah. And half, why? Why did you cancel the show? I don't understand. I want to hear, hear you tell this story. Oh, what we had done was we decided to trust people that are not trustworthy. And we like put on... Like flat foot roost <laughs> chicken. We put on... We, we put on... We set up to do five cities. And then the, that happened to be our fourth one, I think. Okay. And it went horribly wrong because someone tried to kind of jimmy the system and make it a one-man show. Okay. And it wasn't supposed to be that. And I said, instead of taking people's money, why don't you just give their money back and let them go home and enjoy their night? And then we can just go home as well and live our lives. And that was the, that was the thing that caused the uproar because I think being honest is not in our blood sometimes because we go, we can lie on stage, but do we have to do it in the corridor as well? So we're like... <laughs> we're like we're like, let's give the people their money and go home. They were like, no, you can't do that. They've already given us the money. I was like, mm, no, <laughs> let's just give them their money. And I felt like at that time, after we had done four shows, we couldn't lie and cheat and give these people a substandard show. Plus, there was a douche amongst us. But look, look <laughs> around you. I'm very happy to give people a substandard show. <laughs> I, think, I, th- I, I think we take for granted what audiences want. Any, anything boutique works. It's when racism became popular that people thought it wasn't cool anymore. But, <laughs> but when four, four or five people did it in a farm, it was lacquer. But when you went to town and saw it, you're like, <laughs> So we like things that are exclusive. I feel like when people come to a smaller venue or it's a smaller crowd and they, got, they get to enjoy something, I think they take it more seriously. So for them, the experience becomes you share a part of you with them. So I think we're just too precious about the numbers. Okay, so what you're saying is this is way better than the gig you can't I've got 145,000 Facebook friends. You know how many Facebook friends no, I no, have? No, no, no. Instagram, Instagram. No, no, no. Twitter, Twitter. Which I, one is true? I have, I have four Facebook friends. I'm unfollowing all the others. They're over there. <laughs> all the others can go and fuck themselves. That's real love. <laughs> no, 135,000 of nothing. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Okay, good. Um, I read... I read <laughs> this, might, this might piss you off. I read on the internet... That Boiti dumped you for Casper Neuvest. I'm pretty sure you didn't date Boiti. Is that true? No. Like, wh- where do people come up with these? Stories? Is that the weirdest rumor you've ever heard about yourself? No. Okay, what's the weirdest rumor you've ever heard about yourself? The weirdest rumor that I've ever heard about myself is I don't like performing. Okay. Which was for me very weird because I'm like, this is all I do. Weirder than Boiti, you dating Boiti and then she dumped you for Casper Neuvest. Weirder than that. Because that's a fucking weird story. But in my world, yeah. don't like performing is bigger than that. Really? Because at 9.30, I watch Man Tracker. <laughs> I don't watch Vuzu. I don't know what's going on. So I watch, I watch Man Tracker and I watch Alaska shows. Las, Alaska's Last Frontier, do you like that show? No, I, I don't watch an awful Life lot of TV. Life Below Zero? I, I, don't, I don't. Is that Discovery Channel? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I don't watch anything that isn't Big Bang Theory. No, I don't watch the Big Bang You don't... No, I don't watch the Big Bang Theory. I'm kidding. I, I'm not... Do you like the Big Bang Theory? Does anyone here like Big Bang Theory? You fucking five people can leave immediately. <laughs> like, immediately. Man Tracker. Man Tracker's... Man Tracker's my show. But I realize... I'm, what is Man Tracker about? Man Tracker's about... So, it's, it's almost like they... It's set in Canada most of the time. In Alberta. So, what they do is... <laughs> They get two people to run away from Man Tracker. Right. So they, in Man Tracker, gets a local guide. And then they ride a horse, and then Man Tracker kind of goes around and just chases you around to the finish line, and 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 that's it. But it, that's, I got, I gotta be or honest. 
for an hour. I, I got I got to be honest, I'm man tracker. I'm in paradise. Man tracker sounds like a nickname on grinder. <laughs> that's, not, that's not I love I I love I love watching man tracker. Okay, that, that's just that's weird. Okay, now now there's there's a bit of an elephant in the room because you're in a rather condescending series of of TV adverts. for a rather large bank. Yeah. Uh, in which basically what happens is you want to buy something mm-hmm. and then an old white man comes on the air and goes But no one has Eugene. ever seen him. Yeah, and then and then this and then No, no, him. The voice. Yes. Who Why do it? people assume he is white? Yeah, yeah, is he not a white guy? No, he's responsible. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no so racism <laughs> made him white. <laughs> But uh, going to be very difficult to ask question about this white cuz he's a white guy right like he's a white guy <laughs> and then the white guy comes on and he's like okay the responsible guy comes on the responsible guy comes on and he's like Eugene and he's like very condescending he's like Eugene don't buy those pants you don't need any pants invest in your home loan and then you like do that smile that ah what a stupid guy i am That's no. Smile. What is that? How does that work? Um <laughs> I I don't want to Wait, you you're not wanting to talk to me because you're no, afraid no, no. of losing it. No, no, no. Ask okay. ask cuz I don't understand. Ask me. Ask okay. me directly. I'll, I'll answer okay. you directly. All right. Is it strange for you to do that all the time working clearly talking about a bank and advertising and selling a bank when your opinion is so important to you but the thing people maybe know you more for now is the series of net bank commercials I where you do somebody else's opinion I think South Africans are more discerning than that I think we've learned I think we even see it when we watch television do we think do, when we see Real Madrid players do we think of Nivea when we see them when we, when, when we see Ronaldo do we go hey Ronaldo I think when or, we see or when we see Lewis Hamilton do we go hey Tagoya I think we've we're more discerning than that and people pe- people can tell from when you're doing a commercial from when you're doing an endorsement and if they're using your name it's not a commercial it's an endorsement so I think the pride in being able to contribute um, artistically on those on the on those on those brand of adverts made them award winning made them popular it made them resonate with a lot of people because it was one not condescending it was not bank talk it was just acting responsibly with your money whether you have a lot or a little so they cut across um um, um the color line it cut across the um income levels because people kind of understood that with the money that you have you have to do the responsible thing about it and that was it i'm rapidly realizing the only reason i'm picking on you for this is cuz netbank didn't hire me <laughs> <laughs> and i don't own a castle on a hill somewhere with like a butler and But- But Warren, you see, you would have sounded very wrong. Yeah, yeah. No, but you, you've got a butler, right? No. Why not? Like, if I was rich, I would have a butler. I like doing, I'd have two butlers. I like doing things myself. I do my own garden. Okay. I like, I like doing things myself. I feel, like, I feel like that's the one thing I felt like I've always wanted. I've always wanted the freedom to choose what to do and when to do it. And I think if you grow up poor, and I use poor li- li- like loosely because also middle class does not mean rich. and rich does not mean wealthy and wealth does not mean filthy rich okay <laughs> so my thing is if i'm able to choose if i want to do my garden or not for me that's the ultimate choice that's the ultimate freedom in a day when i can choose to watch mantrak at 9:30 and moma lawn at 10 i can choose to do that so for me it's choice so when i feel like i can do things myself i become happier 
I become happy and knowing that I did it myself. Because I think we take for granted that this body is almost like a, a tool that we use and one day it will outlive its use. But your mind will stay the same and you don't want to miss not having done anything. I don't want to sit one day when I'm old or if I become sick or ill or disabled and think I would have loved to be outside feeling what the rain feels like on my face. So I do those little things so that I don't have to miss out when this engine can't carry me anymore. But here, here's another opinion. Yeah. So you can go outside and you can dig in your grass and you can feel the soil in your fingers and yeah. you can be in the rain. Yeah. But you I can also to. hire like five guys to do your garden because, you know, why not? You don't want to get old and think back and say, ah, I missed the opportunity when I had money to feel what it was like to get five guys to do my garden. No. It's because if you, gr- <laughs> if, if you grew up in the township, you almost realize that every day. It, you must realize for me, I cleaned my house for years before I realized I needed a helper. Because for me, I didn't understand why I would have someone come to my house and clean my house for me, and I pay them so little. For me, the math did not make sense. I'm not saying you have to pay them little. What I'm saying is... I can't pay them a lot as well because the news will spread around the neighborhood. But you know, if, <laughs> but if you have somebody come I'm to your fucked. house... I'm fucked! If you have somebody come to your house and help clean your house, do you know yeah. how much man tracker you can watch? <laughs> <laughs> now I've got someone who does that. But I like doing... I like doing point is, I like doing things myself. Okay, if you could travel back in time... Yeah. And you couldn't kill baby Hitler... <sighs> right? <laughs> what baby would you kill... If I could go back in time. Yeah, and kill ba- not kill baby Hitler. Yeah. What baby would you kill? And how would you kill them? Ronald McDonald. <laughs> that is one insidious clown. I don't care what anybody says. That is, that is an insidious clown. I feel, like, I feel like Ronald McDonald was the flunky of all clowns. Like, he never told jokes. He never did tricks. He just <laughs> sold out too quickly. He just... <laughs> He just wore a dangery and sold burgers. And for me, that was like the betrayal of clowndom. Because I was like, look at Bozo. Bozo. Bozo had a seal as a friend. Bozo committed. Bozo had a nose. Bozo had TV shows. Everyone knows Bozo the clown for doing clown shit. He could do handstands on a big pen. I know. <laughs> but Ronald. No, he, he, he can eat burgers I, I and stay this, thin. I, I don't know. He didn't know. even commit to that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, all right, let's start at the beginning of your career because that's the bit that I don't know anything about, right? Yeah. Like, I know, I know. You started on Countdown on SABC1. It was a sports show. Yeah. Are you interested in sports or was that just because no, you were no, an entertainer? It, it was actually a sports magazine show three years before the World Cup. And my job was to, was to go around the country and eventually the world interviewing people about why they would come to South Africa and what a huge sporting event means to people who don't like sport. Because I don't like sport. Okay. So when I went around the world, this, my job was to just find out fun things to do in other countries and come back here and go, can we really do this over here as well? So it wasn't a sports show at all for me. My part was not sports at all. It was just traveling and it was a magazine show. So I Where did you go? What was, what, did anything weird happen to you while you were traveling? I went, I went to a lot of places. I had fun. I remember none of them now in front of all of these people. Like none yeah, because it sounds like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I know I went to a lot of places and I had fun. And then after that, you did, you did some weird things. You did, like that, uh, you did a web series with Trevor Noah called Quality Time. Mm-hmm. Is that right? How long mm-hmm. did that last? What was that thing? We shot it in a week. Okay. And then we were done. So we would meet like at six and then we would be done by eight and we'd be like, shop, see you. And how many episodes was that? I that think was... we did like four or five. Okay. And we had fun doing it. Because there's the one people still share now. Yeah, Where yeah. you're having a threesome with uh, 
I forgot the name. Bonang. Boy, Bonang, yeah. Yeah, but that's why I'm like, I look, I look back at those moments when I did something that I really enjoyed and I did it my way and I did it because I wanted to do it and I feel like it's one of my best works. Like I said, I've got, I've got seven one-man shows recorded but I've never released one of them. I've only, there's only one out but I feel like it feels more personal when I've done something and it's, out, it's for me and I've done it because I wanted to do it. So when I get to do things like that, I feel happier. If I come here instead of being at home and watching Life Below Zero, which I could be doing right now, <laughs> is I feel happy. I'll never regret this day. Like in my life, I'll never sit as an old man one day and regret this. But you'll definitely regret But if I had to be here zero. every day, I would fucking hate this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> so have you ever been arrested? By? By anyone. The, the police of love. The, the fucking... Like, like the cops... Like, I've, been, I've been arrested by debt. <laughs> Is that why you're on the Ned Bank commercial? I've never been arrested. I, I've, I've, I've always stayed on the right side of the law. I've, I've never felt the need to break the law because I think if you can pay for something, you can do anything. Do you think, do you think uh, you're going to look back one day and say, ah, I wish I was arrested at some point instead of watching Below Zero or Man Tracker? Uh, being arrested is a side effect of being broke. You think so? Yeah, because think about it. If you're rich enough, you can make anyone do anything you want. So if you're that crazy that you'd want someone to almost die, then you can pay them to do that. But if you have to do it for free, you're going to jail. (laughs) (laughs) That's attempted murder. (laughs) But if you choke them and you give them 100,000 rand, I mean, it's a good business transaction. (laughs) Why can't you talk, Stephanie? It's a long story, sir. Long story, 100,000 rand, hey. Let's have a good time. Lozenges for everyone. So what you're saying is you've done a lot of illegal shit, but you bought yourself out of All it. All I said is I haven't been arrested yet. <laughs> so is the Hunger Games of, like, based on a real event? I've never watched the Hunger Games. Hunger Games, Divergent. I've never watched that. But you watch Below Zero, that's the same thing. Yeah, because Life Below Zero, they actually go ice fishing. Because if they don't go fish that night, they don't eat. <laughs> But Hunger Games, I've never seen them eating anything. So in the first 10 minutes, in the first 10 minutes, I was like, there's no fucking dinner, nothing. You're hungry for attention. Fuck you. Not, not with my fucking money. I'm out of here. Peace. And you don't think ice road truckers are hungry for attention. That's like, why are they on the TV if they're not? They're trying to feed their kids, man. You think? Do you watch ice road truckers? You must feel shitty about the guy that made them drive through the ice. That's a rich guy. So he sits there and goes, I bought a truck, I commissioned the load, I paid insurance for the load, I paid this guy a shitty salary to drive. So you must think about the truck owner, if this ice breaks and this guy dies, he gets his money regardless. The insurance will pay for the load in the truck. So he's like, oh shit, Jeff died, and he knows there's people that want the job. But if Jeff freezes in the bottom of a fucking lake in Alaska, that money does not go to him, it goes to his trailer park trash wife. Is that what you Going like about it? Going back to our lesson. You see, now, now we're getting to the point of view. Is that what you like about <laughs> it? <laughs> this trailer trash might die on the ice. Somewhere. That someone might be hunted and eaten by man tracker. Is that what you... You're like, no, I couldn't possibly hire a domestic worker. I want to see this motherfucker die hunted by a crossbow-wielding madman in the jungle. Like, yeah, is that, that's why is I that pay, what you do with your money? That's why I that, pay full bouquet. Is that why you say you haven't been arrested yet? Because yes. that's Okay, I'm, I'm starting to see what's happening with you. <laughs> 
Am I that sick? Can making out with, with your guinea pig get you rabies? I feel like you can do anything with a guinea pig and it survives. Because guinea pigs, basically the phrase became more popular because they got tested on any, everything got tested on guinea pigs, right? So it became the colloquial phrase for testing something. So if you, if you drank wine that no one has ever drinking, drank before, then you're a guinea pig for that fucking thing. So now I feel like you can do anything with a guinea pig and it will survive. Guinea pig is going, are you going to survive? <laughs> You know what the weird part about that was? That question was, can you make out with a guinea pig? And you were like, morally, I'm okay with that. It will survive. <laughs> like, it's fun. <laughs> Once again, if you can pay for it at the pet store, yippee-day. <laughs> <laughs> and they're cheap. So cheap. It's uh, so it's like, fluffy. Yeah. <laughs> now, here's a weird thing I didn't know about you. Um, yeah. I'm a dad. And yeah. you're apparently a father. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know that. Like, I can't, as I say, I picture you living in a castle on a hill with like, with like a butler, like an old man butler. That's how I've, I've always... But you've got a kid. She's eight. Is it yeah, she? Yeah. 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 What is... Are you enjoying it? Do you like being a dad? Do you? Yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't at first, <laughs> you know. <laughs> like, I was kind of pissed off about the whole thing, but I'm, I'm kind of getting into it. <laughs> I think being a, being a dad is almost like, it's, it's almost like a job you can't quit. But I've, I've, I've realized like being a dad makes you a great boyfriend. Okay. Because ultimately, you care. Because your, to- your tolerance level goes so sky high that nothing irritates you. So if she just wants to have copious amounts of magnum, you just let her. Because you, can, you can't tell her it's going to make her sick. You just let her. Because you've seen this shit before. So all you do is just become patient and let people do what they like. Like... Personally, I don't like going to restaurants because I don't like wasting people's time. Because I feel like when I'm in a restaurant, I'm wasting the waiter's time. Like, if he has to sit there and watch me watching these 10 dishes that he's seen over and over again, and me having to go, I like that one, I like that one, I feel like, I feel like let me save this guy from a fucking miserable life and not go to eat out there. <laughs> so when I eventually do go out and I see someone struggling with what to pick in the menu... I become so patient and I'm like, take your time. Because I've seen that at McDonald's when she stands there and goes, I get, no, but I get what, you, <laughs> I get what you're saying because, because before, before my son was born, I didn't care what, people's, what happened to children. Like, I didn't give a shit. Like, I was like, I don't care if your children die in a fire. Like, it's fine. I don't. Now, the other day, two days ago, I stopped a little girl from falling in a swimming pool. Not my little girl. Like, I don't. Like, <laughs> Some strangest little girl, I cared. I was like, that little girl's going to fall in the swimming pool. I'm going to stop her. Like, why did I do that? Why did I, like, why do I give a shit now? Because you care. Yeah. Because I think ult- ultimately, if there's one part of our existence that we miss as human beings is when we were children. So when we see children behaving like children and we see children, so adults can become assholes in varying forms and degrees. So when you see a 35-year-old man, there could be a 35-year-old man who's a nice guy. There could be an asshole 35-year-old man. But all 5-year-olds, 3-year-olds, 4-year-olds are generally nice people. So when we look at that innocence, that's what we get attracted to. So we kind of remember what it was like to be nice. So they remind us to be nice again. Yeah, no, that, but that is what it is. But as soon as they grow up, you go, go back hence where you came. So what you're saying is it's not the fact that I've got a son that makes me like, want to save the kid. It's the fact that I'm a broken man who hates his life. <laughs> He hates his meager existence and lives vicariously through his child. Yep. 
<laughs> That's why Father Good. Abraham had many sons. Good. Well, now I understand the heroin addiction. <laughs> That's why that, that all works. Thanks. Now, I, I've been told, I've been told like cuz as I said, I, I don't like you I don't know you particularly well, but I'm told I've got to ask you your tra- trout pie story. Like because apparently you know where to get the best trout pies. How did you find out? Oh, we used to drive past this place all the time. Then one time we were going to Nelspruit and Simi made us stop at Millie's. It's halfway to yeah. Nelspruit. So he made us he made us stop there and we had a trout pie. And I generally hate pies because pies I I a pastry of oppression to me. Because <laughs> Because you must you must remember when you as Warren got exposed to pies in varying forms. There was trout pie, there was Cornish pie, there was steak and kidney pie, no, yeah. That's not a pie. Chicken pie. <laughs> so human when pie. I got introduced to pie. I was wondering what a kidney is doing <laughs> inside a fucking pie. You see you were rich already when you got introduced no. to pie. That's obvious you were rich when you got introduced to pie where you like it's like, in a pie no. I knew I knew pie was not for me when I asked the lady what what is inside a Cornish pie. Yeah. And she was like something that you would like just fucking eat the pie. <laughs> <laughs> so So that's that's my that's that's my history with that fucking pie because also when you take taxis and you eat a pie You're not allowed to eat a pie inside a taxi because the driver will say unless you carry the vacuum cleaner with you <laughs> you're not fucking eating this pie here. Right. And then, then, then you then you say to him we can get abused in here but I can't eat a pie. <laughs> <laughs> then when Simi said trout pie then I was like you put trout inside a pie? Exactly. We stopped and we ate this trout pie. It was the most delicious trout pie I've ever eaten. Bear in mind I've never had a trout yeah. pie before. I'm still grappling with Cornish. So I had trout pie. I enjoyed it and it since became our celebratory meal. When we feel like we've got something great to celebrate, we drive three and a half hours to go <laughs> <laughs> to go eat the most overpriced pie in the world. Then we enjoy ourselves and we look at the lake with trout swimming in there going you're going to be in my belly soon. You know that you can get them in Johannesburg. Yeah, we've got the spot that we go get them but the okay. drive and the anticipation and listening to Abba and uh Right Said Fred <laughs> is for us what we live for. We live for those moments when we do sing alongs to Elton John. <laughs> Elton John. So again, you had you had an uh, an end of your party or something at at Millie's, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we go we go there to celebrate. We are recently there to celebrate a big a big event in our lives that we're going to be taking part in in the next month or so. So it's our place that we go to and we enjoy ourselves. You drive through and that fucking outrageous. Like a, All right, are you circumcised? No. All right, when did I don't, you I don't, I, don't, I don't see a need. Okay. Re- like no, no, I don't think anybody I don't think anybody who's been circumcised has unless, gone Unless all the yeah. four skins are provided a gigantic quilt that homeless children can sleep in. <laughs> I'm like I'm 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 fairly like, sure. There's bigger problems in the world, eh? I'm fairly sure if the If you are worried about my skin, if that's your job in life, <laughs> if if that's what puts your kids through school, have you told them what you do for a living? <laughs> I think it's the most shittiest job in the world, one. So I would never put anyone through that, you see? Where my yeah. So I would ne- 
But unless we know there's a bank where we deposit this and then Moody's and the other rating agencies can go judge us and see if we're junk or not because we've deposited enough foreskin somewhere. I think then I will start. But as far as I know, they don't go anywhere. It's not like they make lip balm off of them. They don't, they don't make Alzheimer's medicine off of them. They don't fucking make the oil that goes into a vapor. I don't, I don't know where foreskins go. I, until someone tells me where all the foreskins of life have gone to, where Simi's foreskin is right now. It could be committing terrorist acts in the world. But Simi cut it loose too soon. Now it's got dick issues. It's going around looking for any penis to blow up. We don't know what we are unleashing into the world. So I'm going to nurture mine and give it a good home. Clean, <laughs> clean fucking cotton underwear. Breathable boxers. Nice fucking soap with no fucking things to wash it with. I'll treat mine with respect. Those homeless fucking foreskins that are roaming <laughs> the fucking plains, robbing penises out there in the world because they've got fucking penis issues. I don't want to walk around. They're out there now smoking glue because someone cut them fucking off too fucking soon. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Eugene Koza. <laughs> <laughs>